0: They come! Yeah. Hello oh, and welcome to episode 55 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Matt from NeoZas Productions to discuss the astro sled scene from Buck Rogers' Olympiad.
1: Remember short controlled bursts.
0: Hello stranger. Hello! It's been a while since you were on here, hasn't it? Yes, it has been, yes. Yeah, yes, w- so it, feel... it was the Star Wars in-character crossover. Uh, oh,
1: really? Okay. The, was... the last time. Yeah, it, actually, I, for- I had forgotten about that. I thought it was the... Um... What did we do before that? Pirates of the Pirates Caribbean. No, right? oh, that's gone. Yeah, back a that's long what I thought when you were talking about when you said it was. It's been three months. I totally forgot about that crossover. Yeah, it was that memorable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, well, I hear the other three guys. I hear all the time. So it's like for the past eight years of anything involving the three of us or the four of us, I should say, is blended into one yeah, big ball well, in my head right now. One big ball of nonsense, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but you're
0: back now, and um, this is your choice today. Um, I'm very interested in why you chose this and what your thoughts are on it. Well, I, I
1: actually chose it for a very a specific, uh, reason and not, not an effect in a scene, but for a topic of discussion, because most of the, if not all of the Olympic, uh, game games that they're playing in this, when I first saw this, which I was somewhere around 10, I don't even know, like, give or take a few years, I thought every single one of them was, like, brilliant. Like, that is what the future is going to be. Then, <laughs> within the next 10 years, I watch it again and realize how none of this could ever happen and how stupid it is. So, <laughs> I, we've never talked about anything that I loved when I first saw it and then saw it again and had the complete an 180 reaction to.
0: Yeah. It's... What you're saying there is very similar to what we were saying when I had Tim on talking about Lost in Space which I adored when I was little and you look at it now and it's like but this is crap this is <laughs> th- this is for a kids show this is too childish for a kids show
1: you know but back then that was high entertainment yeah what I love about this and we'll obviously start talking about it it's like not only are the effects bad but even the physics, the science behind it is, like, impossible. Mm. But yet, at 10, I thought, yeah, I'm mm. looking at the future. And then now I'm looking at it at 30 years later going, ooh, did mm. this – that was – I don't know who thought of that, but that's not how any of this works.
0: Well, this episode aside, was the 10-year-old you a fan of the show?
1: Yeah, uh, enough that I – by the time I went back and revisited them as an adult, I don't think there was – Many, if any, episodes I hadn't seen as a kid. This is one of those shows that it had its primetime airing and I didn't watch it then, but then the syndicated years, like just the next year or two later, it played all the time on the weekends. It was kind of the transition on a Saturday from cartoons to your afternoon matinee movies. They throw this in here, uh, a couple other things that I can't remember, but I do remember this being part of my. Saturday routine cartoons were done lunches uh, were about to eat lunch and while I mean I remember vividly actually eating many lunches watching Buck Rogers so I, I apparently have seen all of these because a nostalgia factor hit in when it hit streaming services I think it was Hulu I watched it on I watched them all again and I didn't I don't recall not recognizing another episode. So I guess I was a, a good enough fan to watch the entire run of this as a kid. I don't think I was a fan.
0: But back then, I, I would watch anything that had science fiction in it because it's science fiction. Exactly. You know, but so many yeah. I mean, you will recall, you know, so many American TV shows that were science fiction or or fantasy related. They they didn't have much in it. It was like a, it was like a soap opera. With the odd bit of science fiction in it, you know uh, the incredible hulk was were, was terrible for that because you'd watch this bloody, stupid soap opera, and in the last <laughs> ten minutes, the Hulk would appear wouldn't he
1: yes yeah it was like you're right, that show had a formula that they stuck with from the day, from the pilot all the way to the finale. Mm. Yeah.
0: And you and Dave, you've just done a neo episode on the Six Million Dollar Man yes, Christmas record. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a gift that just
1: keeps on giving.
0: Oh, yes, indeed. And and that was the same. You watch it for, you know, Steve Austin doing his, you know, special bits. But it was like every 15 minutes and the rest was just a plod, wasn't it? While you're trying to get through this blooming soap.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't tell you one episode story from any story from a single episode of six million dollar man but i could probably list you a half dozen of his abilities and scenes that i saw them in right off the top of my head but i don't remember any of those stories
0: yeah same with the hulk i can remember episodes i can remember the Hulk changing but i can't tell you what context you know he was changing or whatever Mm. yeah right yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah but over here in england um buck rogers just like Battlestar galactica i mean it It got a lot of publicity. It was shown tea time on um, Saturdays, but it got a theatrical release. Okay. Uh,
1: Yeah. I I remember having read about this when I went back to revisit this. I'm not sure if it happened here either. I think, I think it did, but I didn't experience it if it did.
0: And it it wasn't a good experience because in both cases, (laughs) you're, you're basically you're cobbling together like the first two episodes to make it feature length. And, but you're projecting it up on a big screen and the, the, the special effects aren't really designed to be shown on a big screen the the yeah, floors say, and there are yeah, many yeah. in this show i'm um, thank god this this episode was never shown theatrically you know you <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> all right okay that's that, that's enough preamble we'll get into the clip and then we'll get into this stuff shall we all
1: right yes Yeah, it's basically the same principle as astral sliding, just instead of sliding through ice curves, you slide through force fields. <laughs> it's force fields, Captain Rogers, which you can't see. You have to feel your way through them. And if you run into one straight on, it can be very messy. Oh, I can't imagine.
0: <laughs> it's the 2492 Olympiad olympiad games and buck's been asked to present the olympic flag at the ceremony this is how it starts yes yes and we have just yes. got him and tweaky going along what it's a bit of an aside for this episode but what do you think of tweaky um i'll rephrase that question what did you think of tweaky age 10 and age now
1: okay that's yeah it's i was gonna say i didn't really uh I don't know that I thought that much about him, but it's it's actually it harkens back to a comment you made in the opening. It's a robot, and that's a very sci-fi element in general. So I guess I when I was young, I don't remember him being the comic relief to me, but it's like the, the robot was part of the thing that set the atmosphere for a sci-fi thing. So I was fine with him either way. Um, actually as an adult, I like him better because he actually, when you, if you were to run through the shows, he probably has the most inappropriate lines of anyone on this show, which I never caught as a kid. So I think I actually like him better as an adult than a kid. Yeah. And he's got that sarkiness as well,
0: hasn't he? Yeah. Um, that, you know, in the star Wars universe, you've got R2D2 who's always beeping and, you know, making sarcastic comments to C3PO. And I guess he is fulfilling that role in this show. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, I didn't mind him back then. Now, I mean, watching this episode, you know, for the show today, I just think it was a criminal misuse of Mel Blanc because I'm a huge Mel Blanc fan with all the voices that he did, you know, for Looney Tunes and the Warner Brother cartoons. And it I can't I can't believe that that is that character because that is, you know, that's Bugs Bunny talking there. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. on Leghorn, you know, that's Yosemite Sam <laughs> talking to me.
1: The book that the voice of him and the whole Buck Rogers run is is very weird, and I know we're not talking about the entire series, but I don't know what happened between season one and season two. But season two, they changed everything, including costumes and the the voice. It wasn't Mel Blank anymore, and was like this high pitched, whiny yeah. voice that they gave the Tweaky.
0: That that second series. I mean, this this first series has got many, 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 many. Oh, I sound like Tweaky, Many, 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 <laughs> many uh, flaws. Either, yeah. <laughs> but oh blimey, the the second season. Oh, that was a stinker.
1: Yeah, yeah I bet I, the ten year old was... you thought it was a stinker back then. I I I, I, I hope I did. If I didn't, then then I was a stupid child <laughs> with no taste. Well. The argument could be made. <laughs> <So> <laughs> never mind. I don't know I'm about that. I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. <laughs>
0: All right. So, yeah, Buck's on his way with Tweaky to go to the, the these Olympic Games of the future. And straight away, we've got this soap opera element. It's some some guff between Lara and Jorax.
1: Yeah. You know, it's I hadn't watched this in a while. And what I remember from this is the Olympic aspects of it. As soon as that those two had their moment, the introduction of that Soap opera, conflict, Romeo and Juliet esque story. I just like. Oh, I forgot about this. Oh no!
0: <laughs> yeah, you just you, you just don't care. And of course, back yeah. then when we were watching it on TV, you've got no fast forward. No, all you yeah, can do is right. <laughs> all you can do is flip channels and then keep coming back. You know, I hope yeah. you don't miss a bit of science fiction. Uh, um, yeah. Before we talk any more about these two, um, Jorax, I'm I'm sure anybody who's listening to this in England. We'll have a problem with that name because over here we have a very similar name, which is Durex. Do you know what Durex is?
1: Uh, It's some kind of cleaner, isn't
0: it? Uh, No, 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 no. Um, no. It is the number one brand of condoms.
1: Oh, in England. Yes, that's funny.
0: Yeah, so so somebody called Jorax sounds far too close to Jurex. So
1: I'm looking. I'm looking now to see if uh, if if Durex is a. Uh... Another name of a product here. No, I just was confused because, yes, uh, I type in that in Google and I get no other result than what you described. Okay, so that was my memory. If if you come to England
0: <laughs> for another holiday and you spill something in your hotel room and you feel obliged to clean it and you go to the supermarket to get some cleaning <laughs> product and says, I'd like some Durex, please, you're not yeah. going to be able to clean. <laughs> You'll mess up with that. Uh, like, yeah. In yes. fact, you could say a Durex is an anti-mess device if you... <laughs> i suppose I yeah good yeah so no no i mean th- this episode and thank you matt for um you know enabling me to revisit this episode it it, it became entertaining for all the wrong reasons because <laughs> his name is mentioned all the way through it so you know all, all, all the english people would just be sniggering at that right <laughs> yeah and so yeah we've we've got this lara and we've got jorax and we've got this soap opera with the most god awful outfits again this is one of the things i didn't like about buck rogers the costume design design was appalling
1: yeah uh i again something not noticing as a child because they're they're jumpsuits and it's like okay you know spacesuits jumpsuits everyone wears a one-piecer um well this this actually goes beyond that that the olympiads outfits are just god i'm actually looking at a picture of gil gerard and i think it's the Yes, Jorex, and oh my, wow, that's just
0: <laughs> awful. It's it, it dated. It's dated yeah. so much.
1: It was it was colourful. It was spacey at ten, at twenty, not so much, and now <laughs> if it has that at forty, it's even worse. Well, the
0: two of them, you know, that th- this this crappy little drama is unfolding in the Olympic Stadium there. So here are the games, you know, that you remember from your childhood, just crap futuristic versions of what we've already got so yeah it, and and some of them are plainly rubbish it's it's jumping but a lot higher than you normally jump isn't <laughs> that it is, you
1: know? that is the that's actually like the the uh, uh, on one hand it's the most believable on the other hand it's the least believable because and i'll tell you why i'm saying that because you know every athlete every olympics is jumping higher and higher so i have no problems with them hitting feats of of them saying they're they're jumping 20 feet that's not going to happen certainly not in my lifetime but what i have a problem with is that they're doing it from a standstill position and yeah. like with, <laughs> with not even bending their knees barely and making these jumps it's like it's the best one it's like the most realistic and that but then they go around they go ahead and end up making it probably the least plausible and all in the same scene
0: yeah i mean steve austin he he wasn't realistic when he did
1: his jumps but at least he <laughs> bothered
0: to bend his knees didn't <laughs> exactly <he>? yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, and and we've got this – what was that all about? Sliding backwards down wires.
1: That was – I don't know what that was, but it, it's another one of those things where I probably saw and said, yeah, that's something that we're going to do in the future. And then watching it now going, okay, that is like – that's an acrobatic act from some s- Russian circus that they yeah. recruited them from, and, that's, <laughs> and it looks futuristic, and that's why they put it in. Completely different perspective, this viewing, than I had all those years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh,
0: next, we get some crappy virtual reality force field judo thing where somebody does a move and a couple of seconds later, the force field, you know, affects his opponent.
1: I think this was my second favorite one. And like, again, again, thinking that is that's that's a brilliant idea at 10. Yeah. 30 but years now- later going, <laughs> wow. Not not only is that a bad idea and not only is he not reacting to what that guy did. But yeah. this scene is really long. It's yeah. like they had way too many moves in that. I'm I'm guessing the next uh, sport is the
0: one that's stuck in your mind, which is the boxing.
1: Oh, that's one. Yeah, yeah, that did too. Actually, the the um, I don't know if you want me to give the give the spoiler. Or wait till you get to it. Oh no 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 no! Okay, I no, I I, I just thought
0: yet. I just thought the ten year old you would be you know interested in boxing by having what looks like plastic flower pots over that's their hands. Just, it does firing bad. these little lights with these silly little <laughs> laser sound effects on them.
1: Yeah, that's uh, and it's it. What's funny is it 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 it's the same sound effect they use for their like laser pistols in the show, just mm. like shortened, like they cut it yeah. in half. Oh, yeah. God that that like that might be, I think probably when I was a kid I thought yeah I could see that, but this time I was like this this might this is just, off. this is this isn't boxing it's it's paintball it's laserball it's laser tag it was it laser is, tag it is. that's it's, what it was yeah they
0: they preempted that but all, all these things I mean it it's clear that they didn't have too much money no. uh, on this show I don't know where the money was going I don't know if it was on the. <laughs> I, d- I don't know if uh, if it was on the corset for Jill Gerard. I don't know if it was Erin Gray's <laughs> lip gloss. But, you know, um, the worst thing in this about the boxing thing is the disco lights around the ropes. <laughs> now, why why back here in the late 70s did they think that disco lights were futuristic?
1: It's uh, I I don't know. I guess it's just adding electricity it's at the age the dawn of the age of the computer which runs on electricity ergo everything is going to have an electric current through it for some reason even if it doesn't make sense
0: yeah well i looked into this and and the same year that they thought that disco lights for ropes was a good idea i also had a look to see what else was out science fiction wise the same year they did this and it is the empire strikes back flash gordon saturn 3 battle beyond the stars and we'd already had Star Wars, Alien and Star Trek, the motion picture to show you the way to go. So you know, <laughs> why? It can only be lack of money.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is the, the reason for what we're seeing. But I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to quantify a, a story behind it, but I'm not doing no. a very good job. Because no, <laughs> no, even no. I'm not believing it. Right.
0: So next thing we see is is really the reason for this episode today. Lara is an Astro sled driver in the Astro Slalom mm-hmm and uh we see it there and even though we're told by her that she's a beauty uh when you see the full size mock-up there <laughs> not for one second you believe that this bit of old hardboard that's being knocked up is convincing
1: at all no no uh yeah it's it, it yeah it it I think I I, I even think at as a young kid I realized when they closed the hatch, which we're, we're, we haven't quite talked about yet, but when they closed the hatch, it's like there's no way that's spaceworthy. That thing, no. yeah, that's gonna suck all the oxygen out of that cockpit.
0: It, when we did the Battlestar Galactica episode, um, that was something that came up there in that in in that show and this show. When you see a full size uh, prop spacecraft with people getting into it not convincing when you look at the empire strikes back and you see the guys getting in the snow speeders convincing now yeah. is, is it a design thing is it a paint job is it the way it's lit is it the the angle that it's photographed from i don't know but here they just look like wooden props whereas in the star wars films they look like they could actually fly
1: yeah and i think i don't i don't think you uh, you said you don't know i think you do know i think everything you said is what makes it different. And when you're talking about a big budget film like Empire Strikes Back with an entire crew with you have multiple people focusing on every aspect you just mentioned, as opposed to a TV show with no budget and three people doing all, all that work. Mm-hmm. That's where the different difference yeah. lies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> OK, well, it's sat there and you can see the exit tube there. Um, very similar to the exit tubes you got on the Battlestar Galactica.
1: Yeah. At that, I do recall seeing and, and kind of thinking how this uh, I, I know that I don't I don't think I knew the idea of crossover or whatnot, but I was putting pieces together of like um, future Earth in general. It's like, OK, I can see how we got from the 25th century to Battlestar Galactica or vice versa. I forget what the timeline was, but I think I actually remember tying the two together, seeing the similarity between this.
0: Yeah, well it is Glenn Larson that's tying the two together. They're his shows, oh, you know. Oh, yeah, okay. well, there you go. I didn't yeah, realise that. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 they're made by the same company, the same okay. producer, and the same effects houses, oh, you know. Well, makes, um, so there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. We don't see it take off, I'm guessing because of, you know, lack like of budget. <laughs> yeah, right. And the first time we see it, we see it in space and bloody hell, that's
1: awful. <laughs> you know what you say You say that and, and you're right. But this is what I remembered as a kid, this entire, this is the sport. This is the one that I thought was going to happen. This made perfect sense to me as a child. As an adult, none of this makes sense to me, and I don't know what I was thinking as a child. Mm. Mm. Because, you know, I mean, you were 10 years old. You, yeah.
0: I guess by 10, you had seen Star Wars. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah, Empire yeah. Strikes Back was out the same year as this. So it, it it's odd. Maybe it's just the thrill of seeing science fiction on TV at home, as opposed to seeing it in the cinema.
1: You know? Yeah, there's definitely something to that. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So there it is. It's flying through space, and we get the invisible force fields that this <laughs> astro yeah. sled has to navigate through.
1: That's what I, that's what I'm talking about. I thought that was like, I really thought like this this could be a thing. This is a this is a challenging sport. This is a yeah, this this is actually if we if we ever have Olympics in space, we're gonna have something like this. But then it's like you think about it, it's like this is this could never work. Hmm. Every single participant would be splattered <laughs> the first run through. This is this makes no sense. But I don't know why I thought it was the best idea I'd ever seen on TV when I saw it.
0: Oh no, I I I can't I can't explain it for you. <laughs> no, I don't get it. But
1: That's why I want to talk about this. It's like I've never, well, I shouldn't say never, but this is. When I was trying to think of a a, a a different thing for us to talk about on this show, this came to mind because when I was ten, I was absolutely convinced this is this could happen. This is a great idea. I thought it was clever. I thought it was creative, and I thought you know everything behind it made sense. And then just a few years later, not a few years later, but ten years later—being maybe a little more educated, maybe actually even knowing how real space works better as as an adult, so watching this, going no, no, absolutely, anything, everything in this scene. Is wrong, but I did not think that ten years when I was ten years old. But before you
0: watched it again, you know, ten years later, uh-huh. was your only memory of this episode this bit trying to get through the force fields?
1: It, it it was like that was the the one that I hung on to. When I watched this all again, I remembered everything. I remember the judo, the boxing, uh the the, the the gravity weightlifting was which actually is probably closest to anything that's ever going to happen. I remembered all of it. I recognized it all. And went, Oh yeah, oh yeah. But no, the the one thing I remembered. That would pop into my head when something visually made me th- it reminded me of this episode was always this this the 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 space bobsled is what I remembered it as. Of course, watching it again now, it's got a different name, but I always remember it as the the space bobsled.
0: Okay, this force field bit this it, um, it looks a bit like uh, they're ripping off the Stargate effect from the end of two thousand and one. Are you aware of what the origin of that is? No. Oh, good. We'll come to that in behind the scenes. Okay. okay. Because I had completely forgotten it, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So they're trying to navigate through these. Um, you've got terrible shots of the cockpit with, you know, this this girl and Buck in the cockpit with the stars behind them. That's almost as bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Buck is told to take over and have a go at uh, trying to navigate it. And we've got this terrible effect of, of you know, the ship trying to get through the force fields. And you've got these, like, yellow flashes as as the ship hits the force fields, haven't you?
1: Yes, yes. And again, watching it as a young kid, I was understanding what was going on, watching it as an adult. The second Buck Rogers took those controls is where they realistically should have both died because he would have <laughs> slammed right into that thing because she also prefaced with how dangerous it is to make a yeah. mistake. And he immediately makes six mistakes right the second he takes control.
0: Yeah, yeah. But all you get is like a yellow flash. That's yeah. not dangerous. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not dangerous at all. But anyway, they, they they get through it. They pull into orbit. They almost have a little smoochy moment. Yeah. Right. Um, before Which, they go,
1: I'm sorry. Uh, again, um, uh, the the whole love, not even love triangle, but the 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 soap opera plot. I was like that. Watching it, getting ready for this show, I guess I was watching that story more than ever before. And I'm like, that really throws a wrench into what is supposed to be happening with that character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a strange story uh, element at that period, but I mean, I, I guess it works out in the end. I don't really know if uh, we no, would no, call no. it, but... <laughs> no, let's not think too much. No, no, uh, no.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, I mean, we go back to
0: it, you know, towards the end of the episode, uh, where Buck has to go in his starfighter, and he's got to, you know, navigate through it to uh, to catch the Astro Sled. But um, yeah, the effects in that bit are just on par with this bit, aren't they? Yeah. All right, okay. Well, that's the sequence over, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So, behind the scenes, then haven't got an awful lot. Um, the miniatures for the show, uh, Buck Rogers, as I say, it was also the same Battlestar Galactica, um, were by a company called Universal Heartland, which were mm-hmm. part of Universal Studios and uh, headed up by Ken Larson, who's uh, a very well known model maker, a miniature model maker um over in the states and he 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 and his team you know they did all the effects on the uh on the show the actual astro sled itself is a repurposed ship from earlier in the series which was called the astro sled oh and there's an episode which i do vaguely i I must say i don't remember this episode at all when you said olympiad it's like i don't remember that and i had to you know youtube it uh and if I did see it, I think I must have just blanked it, you know, immediately, because I don't remember it at all. But one I do remember is, is it called The Return of the Fighting 69th? Or something,
1: <laughs> like? something like that. I remember making this reference on Stars and Character and having to look it up, but I know i know exactly the episode you're talking about. It's
0: the one that guest stars Buster Crab. Yes. Um, and you also you got Peter Graves in it as well. And
1: oh, God, I forgot Peter Graves was in it, which is yeah. funny because, uh, yeah, we're doing a... I'm literally in the middle of doing a series on airplane, and, and I've really reacquainted myself with him and really like him again.
0: It is, I tell you, it is the weirdest thing, because I'm sure you're going to say this when you do your airplane things, is that Peter Graves, a bit like Leslie Nielsen, his role in the airplane films is so ingrained in my brain now that I can't watch anything with him in it that he made before that without thinking of airplane.
1: We've, we've said it, uh, both. it's funny. Uh, it, I think you just said that we said it about both him and Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was watching a B movie, a, a terrible B movie, which we will be doing in 2018 called it conquered the world, which is a, a really poor, uh, science fiction monster movie. And he's the hero in it and <laughs> he's playing it absolutely straight. But, you can't. What is like Leslie Nielsen now in Forbidden Planet? You can't. You're expecting him to be Lieutenant Drebin and fall over something, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, in that episode, there, this 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 craft is called the Astro Sled, and it's used in it. And I, actually, there's an interesting bit in it where Peter Graves. Is actually holding the model, the film in miniature of the astro sled, because oh, cool. yeah, it's on a, on someone's desk or something, and you know it, it it's meant to be just you know, uh, you, you know, a, a toy replica, you know, but it's actually the actual film in miniature, you see. So you mm-hmm. see nice close up shots of that, but yeah, I'm guessing they run out of money, they had to repurpose it, so uh, it was redressed for this episode, and this is the last time it was ever used in in the show.
1: I'm actually on UniversalHeartland.com, which I'm not sure if it's their official site or a fan site. Regardless, it looks like it was made in 1987, uh, the website itself. And I actually see the – I don't see a comparison of the two, but I see a list of their models. And and scrolling down, I found both of them. And then, yeah, sure enough, I mean, I see exactly – I can tell you exactly every modification they made for the sled. But I actually – for that – well, that that makes sense why it looks so much like that, but between probably having seen... Obviously, you must have seen this episode, the uh, the Peter Graves episode. I still forget its name, even though you just told me twice. <laughs> the uh, That one, and then followed up by this Olympiad, there's obviously the similarity of the ships, but I also thought they matched the um, the starfighters that Buck Rogers and Wilma Daring flew, flew to, which made them look like they should be part of this timeline, which yeah. I always appreciate, that they don't go... I mean, obviously, the bad guys' ships are different, and that's like that in every movie. But all this earthbound stuff, this earth-created stuff, has a similar look to it. You mm-hmm. look, it looks like the same, uh, uh, uh set of scientists, engineers, and and yeah. mechanics put it together. I actually appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and it is a good model. I mean, that site—I think that site you're talking about—it is actually run by Ken Larson himself. Oh well. Um. I'm, I'm so bad, yeah, and how old it is? <laughs> it's a nice design, and it's and it's very. Nicely detailed, and it's nicely painted. It's just been photographed badly. Um, something that comes up on this show an awful lot, on TV especially. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, uh, sci-fi TV, they, they threw a lot of, I think, ideas and uh, story. I think a lot of th- this period's sci-fi television was, well, obviously trying to capitalize on Star Wars craze, the return of Star Trek, and a lot of things were... Were rushed. I mean, everything: story, filming, and special—the uh, special effects, the post-production—and the budget was very small. So, mm. it's just it's it, a lot of these things suffered. But there's a lot of a lot of good stuff here and there. And these these models, looking at this site, actually are, are kind of a highlight. I'm glad I yeah have this site open right now.
0: It's just a shame that I mean it didn't do them any favors whatsoever. The miniatures were great, yeah. but you know they were either they yeah, the, shot or composited just just very poorly.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like these still shots of these of the the hatchet fighter is actually pretty cool. That was always a ter- hatchet fighter didn't show up in this episode, but that was always a terrible thing to see on screen because it has so many angles and it's so oddly shaped that mm. compositing it was was and and the time they had to do it was probably never done quite right. I, I had the good fortune to
0: actually see that
1: in the flesh in London.
0: Uh, oh, really? Back in the summer. Yeah, there was a big exhibition up at the O2 Arena on science fiction. And, uh, yeah, they, they had the hatchet fighter there. And, it, and it's a beautiful, beautiful model.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a photo. It looks great. On screen?
0: Not so great. Didn't, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Right. Last snippet of behind the scenes. Uh, mentioned it earlier. The footage showing the force fields. Uh, was (laughs) actually taken from the opening credits of the logan's run tv series really yeah oh wow now i read that and you know i'm I'm a big fan uh of the logan's run film okay Mm -hmm. not so much a fan of the tv series i think i watched it once when it was you know transmitted back in the late 70s and and didn't like it and I only know it from photos that I've seen in, you know, magazines and books over the years. And I saw this and it's like, oh, okay. So I went on YouTube and please, no, no, don't go to YouTube and and <laughs> and, and and type in Logan's Run TV intro because mm. yes, it's the Force Fields. It's exactly I mean they've cribbed it, it's exactly it. But it's got the most awful pew pew disco music over the top of it, which I oh, had totally no. forgotten. Totally forgotten. Please don't, Matt. Spare your <laughs> ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I might I might put it into the show, a little brief clip just about here.
1: I'm familiar with this show. I'm not entirely sure. I've actively watched the entire run, so I, I don't – it's not ringing a bell, so I'll be no. – I don't know if I looking don't, forward is the right word to hearing this when you edit it, but, I. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I remember from that show is
0: the girl in it um, had incredible, like, Farrah Fawcett Majors blow-wave hair. Oh,
1: yeah, right.
0: And it had Donald Moffat in it, you know, who I know from John Carpenter's The Thing,
1: mm, um, yes, okay, you know,
0: yeah. as, as some sort of robot. That's all i I remember from it. I don't remember any plots or stories or anything
1: yeah i i I've seen the movie several times, but the show that's a, a big blind spot for me, and probably it deserves story. to be yes. yeah <laughs> let it
0: stay that way yeah okay, all right, so with that said, we now go on to the rating oh jeez. and this <laughs> is a rating of you now, not not actually if, what do something similar to what you know happens with the, the Greaties, Okay. another Neo-Zaz show. Let let me know what you would have thought of it out of ten as a ten year old and what do you reckon now?
1: Okay. Um oh, is it just a sled or the entire Olympics thing? It's Olympia. the whole
0: thing we've been taught. Talk- it's the whole okay. opening
1: that we've been oh, taught. Okay. Now. Um, okay. Well then if we're, if we're going as a whole, I was going to, if it was just a sled, my 10 year old would have said a 10, but let's say maybe I was a little more discerning. Like the, uh, I do remember, uh, not caring about the guys sliding down the thing and the jumping was okay. It's all the future stuff I like. So I'm going to say probably an eight when I was 10 years old, because the, the stuff that they did make super futuristic, I thought was, was dead on. I, I, I was looking into a mirror into the future. Right. Now, <laughs> I watched it three <laughs> days ago. I'm, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be – the effects are bad. The ideas are still good, and I got a laugh out of it. I wanted to say a two, but I know I've given some of the really bad King Kong stuff we watched, it too. So I'm going to actually say a three because they're not they're, – they're in that class of physically looking bad. But these ideas are better than those. So I'm going to say a three. All right. I
0: I say all of it is complete tosh. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) So, and I'm going to give it a two. I can't give it a one because a one means it's as bad as Dick Jones's death in Robocop. it's, (laughs) It's not that bad. Um I'm going to have to think up of a name for that, like the dick parameter or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that gives it an average of two and a half.
1: Again, that's, yeah, that's about right. Even that might be a little generous.
0: (laughs) I'd like to know, I mean, folks listening, if you want to go to a Facebook page and, you know, let us know what you thought of it out of 10. But right now we've got a two and a three. Okay. All right. And that's it. That's the show over. Uh, So thank you, Matt. Oh, my pleasure. You'll be back soon, and it will be for something I'm, I'm sure you're going to give a, a much higher rating to. It, okay? <laughs> okay, all right, then. <laughs> all right. To be continued. Cheers, Matt. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>